This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. We start with some breaking news. President Trump just moments ago released a video statement regarding the events that took place yesterday at the U.S. Capitol. It was released so recently I've not even seen it in its entirety. I believe it's about two, two and a half minutes. We want to play it for you right now. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. We have just been through an intense election, and emotions are high. But now tempers must be cooled and calm restored. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections. Now Congress has certified the results. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. 2020 has been a challenging time for our people. A menacing pandemic has upended the lives of our citizens, isolated millions in their homes, damaged our economy, and claimed countless lives. Defeating this pandemic and rebuilding the greatest economy on Earth will require all of us working together. It will require a renewed emphasis on the civic values of patriotism, faith, charity, community, and family. We must revitalize the sacred bonds of love and loyalty that bind us together as one national family. To the citizens of our country, serving as your president has been the honor of my lifetime. And to all of my wonderful supporters, I know you are disappointed, but I also want you to know that our incredible journey is only just beginning. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. So there's the communication about unity, coming together, focused on hope, faith, family, and you heard him right there just say, hey, this is just the beginning. So I don't know if that was a preview of him possibly announcing that he's gonna run in 2024 or not. Again, don't wanna speculate, but we wanted to play that for you because it literally just came out moments ago. Also in breaking news, the Capitol Chief of Police has filed his resignation. He will be resigning now. Many people upset because of what took place, obviously, and how many people got inside the U.S. Capitol. Um, so he has filed his resignation. Coming up in just a moment, you're going to hear from Congressman Kelly Armstrong in regards to what it was like to be in the Capitol yesterday, his thoughts on why so many people were able to get inside the Capitol, and much, much more. Now, as you know, it was, 
I guess early this morning or late, late, late last night, depending on how you want to look at it, but they did actually hold the Electoral College vote. Uh, Joe Biden will be the 46th president of the United States of America. One thing I want to share with you about that is the Senator Kevin Kramer held a virtual press conference earlier today. He gave a nice tip of the hat to Senator John Hoban because after everything that we saw take place yesterday, happening at the U.S. Capitol, you know, obviously many countries are looking and going, wait a second, is this a banana republic? What's happening right now in the United States? Uh, according to Senator Kramer, John Hoban was in the Senate room or where they were taken and, and vehemently said, look, we need to get back out there and show the people of America and the world that our Constitution is safe, that our republic is safe, and that laws matter and make a difference, and we're going to get this thing done. So I want to share that with you regarding Senator John Hoven. All right, as I mentioned a moment ago, earlier today, I had a chance to sit down and visit with Congressman Kelly Armstrong. Here is our conversation. Congressman Armstrong, welcome back to Point of View. Great to see that you are safe and sound and um, just okay. So thank you for being with us today because I know it's been a hectic past couple of days. Let's start with this. I mean, things are so hot right now. I don't know if our country's ever been more divided. I'm just, what do you think is the most important thing you want to share with our audience about what happened yesterday, where the country's at right now? Uh, that the institutions survived. Uh, I think that's really important. And regardless of how you feel about leadership, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, <laughs> chiefs of the Capitol Police, uh, the men and women who are in charge of ensuring that the Capitol remains open, primarily the Capitol Police officers on the ground, did an absolutely heroic job yesterday in a really, really tough situation. Let's talk about that, because I know a lot of people are saying, hey, thank you so much to the Capitol Police, but a lot of people are wondering how in the world did so many people storm the Capitol? What can you tell us about that? Have you spoken to them? Sure. It sounds like the sergeant at arms uh, is far, and I haven't seen this other than I saw it across my feed, so I even hate to do this, but there's a failure in leadership in how that was secured yesterday, and I don't think that, that there is a doubt in anybody's mind who was there about that, but that's not to take anything away from the men and women who were there um, that got completely overwhelmed, that did everything they could to protect everybody in those in those buildings from senators to congressmen to congress or men and women to staff to everybody so there are gonna be a lot of questions asked chris and there should be but i'm talking about the men and women that were there on the ground doing everything they could to protect us from a very dangerous situation when you get your take also on yesterday you know the timeline of events but it was about 11 a.m president trump spoke at that stop the steel rally um was encouraging people, hey, let's go to the Capitol. There was breaking news just a few moments ago that the U.S. District Attorney out of D.C., President Trump, may be part of the investigation of what's going on there. I guess what I want to know from you is, is do you feel that President Trump has any responsibility whatsoever as to what took place yesterday at the Capitol? I mean, there were, there, there were speakers at that rally yesterday. I mean, trial by combat was said. There were a lot of different things said. But I'll tell you that I had the benefit of having to, I went back and looked at what I said during the during the riots this summer because uh, I, I want to make sure and remain consistent, and I was pretty sure. But the answer is, is the people who did this are who, are, who should be held accountable. Uh, when you start holding other people, I, I mean, the incitement and all of that, yes, I, I don't think that you can't say it didn't play a role. But it's the same thing, and I said it during the Antifa riots and all of that. If you use an amorphous just overall setting as your as your response, then you are taking away from the people who actually committed the crimes and you're taking away from the victims. And it's important because the 
nobody other than an adult who decided to put a broom or whatever through a window did that. And so, yeah, I wish the rhetoric would have been cooled down. I think that it was, uh, it definitely uh, lit, a, lit the tinder, so to speak. But at the end of the day, we hold people accountable for what they do, not for, not for what they, I mean, for what their actions. And we have to continue that way. So just for clarity, you think, hey, President Trump played at least some role in this? Yeah, I, well, I think the rally yesterday, yes. I mean, like I said, I think they, I mean, they, they actually came that way. But I don't think like, President Trump did not break down the Capitol, did not do those Correct. things. Um, I Obviously, we wish I mean, anybody can uh, say what they said. And it's the same thing, by the way, for all of the other ones this summer. It's the people who were throwing explosive devices at federal law enforcement that should be held accountable, not some amorphous online presence that everybody continues to talk about. We started this conversation talking about how split this country is. Um, there's different conversations about who actually stormed the Capitol yesterday. And I guess the prime example I want to share with you is one of your colleagues, Representative Matt Gates, um, said yesterday on the floor, he suggests that Antifa could have been responsible for the events on, on at, the, at the Capitol. What do you say to that? I mean, what do you uh, I, that's not true. I, I'm not saying that there weren't members of Antifa mixed in with the crowd, but that's not true. Um, I was there. I saw it. Um, people are getting arrested. People are getting charged as this continues to move through. So uh, I think in all of these large uh, rallies that the opposing political view does things on both sides of the aisle, by the way, we heard that from my Democratic colleagues all summer, that it wasn't really, um, you know, those types of issues. But I'm just telling you, I was there on the ground. I do not believe that's true. So you don't think Antifa had anything to do with it? Well, I'm not saying that, but I'm not saying I'm saying I can guarantee you this with 100 percent certainty. It was not all Antifa in the Capitol and not even the majority of them. That I can guarantee you 100 <laughs> percent. So take us inside the Capitol. Where were you when the Capitol was stormed? What was going on? How concerned were you just for your own safety? So I never felt like I was in immediate danger, but I was in the balcony above on, I was on the House floor when this all happened. So we came in. It was a joint a joint session of Congress. Uh, I had actually spoken to Senator Kramer when he came in, and then the Speaker asked us to socially distance because of the COVID rules. So me and three other members of Congress were sitting right above in the balcony on the House floor, and this started with cannon getting broken into, so we were getting notices. So some other staff members uh, moved over to our office in Longworth, so I was in communication with uh, my chief, and then the, you could just hear it outside. I mean, you could just, you could almost hear it in the Capitol when the Capitol Police got uh, overrun and they came in and then they started locking down the Capitol, uh, the actual house chamber, and then they started evacuating all of us. We sheltered at, in, an, in a space in the Rayburn building and then we moved into a space in the Longworth building. But I think that's important too, Chris, because there's a whole lot of people talking. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there right now and like, how could somebody sit in the speaker's chair? Or how could somebody be in that office? And the answer is very simple. The law enforcement officers who were in the Capitol building did everything they could to evacuate and protect the people. And they didn't have the resources to do both. So they all evacuated with us, made sure we got to safety. And in the process of evacuating all the members of Congress, all the members of the Senate and all the staff, there was nobody left over there. There, were, there was legitimately no police officers in that space for a period of time.
Well, again, we're just glad that you are safe and sound. I want to play a clip for you and talk a little bit more about uh, what has been happening with the latest news. So I thought I think Joe Biden has done a good job standing up, you know, talking about trying to come together. Today he stood up and, and shared his thoughts as he was going to introduce his cho choice for an attorney general. I want to play for you a clip from today and then just give you a chance to respond, sir. What we witnessed yesterday was not dissent. It was not disorder. It was not protest. It was chaos. They weren't protesters. Don't dare call them protesters. They were a riotous mob, insurrectionists, domestic terrorists. It's that basic. It's that simple. Your response to Joe Biden saying they're insurrectionists and domestic terrorists. Yeah, I, we could use whatever terms we want. We got into this fight the last time. Again, I will say the people who did this need to be held accountable. I think it is a really sad day. I think it's the second time since, or the first time since 1812 that the Capitol building has been breached. And that's what my concern is. Um, you've been here, Chris. Anybody who visited the White House before 9-11 and after 9-11 knows that it's just a fundamentally different place now. And for as much security as there is in the U.S. Capitol, uh, it is a very great place to have freedom of movement from anybody who visits from North Dakota. And I think, unfortunately, when events like this happen, that'll never be the same again. And that makes me sad. Yeah, well said. I mean, things are just so hot right now. I want to share with you a couple more things, sir. Um, A.G. Barr has called Trump's actions a betrayal of his office and supporters after mega rioters stormed the Capitol, according to Breaking 911. In a statement, Barr said Trump was responsible for orchestrating a mob to crush your Congress, um, saying it was inexcusable. And now you've got one of your Republican colleagues, Adam Kinzinger, uh, asking to have the 25th Amendment invoked. Your so reaction? I, you know, and I said this earlier in a different interview. I sat through a year of a partisan impeachment uh, where they had no likelihood of success. I watched over the last two weeks while colleagues on my side of the aisle mounted a protest vote on seating delegates where they had no likelihood of success. I think it's time to stop doing those things and maybe start doing things that actually are going to move the country forward. There's not going to be an impeachment of President Trump before January 20th. There shouldn't be. An impeachment is an incredibly deliberate thing. By, by doing it quickly in and of itself, you are, you are perverting what the process is about. So maybe we should get through this. Joe Biden's going to be sworn in as president on January 20th. And then we're going to continue to move forward and have the fights that do what we can to protect North Dakota. God, I want to talk about two things you said. Um, hey, Chris, I think it's important that we start to talk about moving forward. What does that look like to you? I mean, if, if you were to say, OK, here's my vision of us moving forward as a nation right now, what would you say? Well, I, I, we need to figure out a way to get people to have more trust in the institutions. Nobody trusts them. Nobody trusts the news. Nobody trusts us. And we continue to have that. And so we end up in this situation. And I think some of it's lockdowns, some of it is the financial strain, some of it's the pandemic, some of it, all of those frustrations, frustrations with me, no offense, but you're the media, so frustrations with you. And we turn into the situation where somebody shares a meme with somebody else, they don't even know where it was made, but that becomes the new fact. And we have to do a better job of talking to people, communicating with them. But you know, one thing that I hope we don't lose over all this is recognizing that there are a whole lot of people out there that are really, really frustrated and that uh, are really, really upset uh, about a lot of different things. And they think they have been left behind and we have to continue to communicate with them and see what we can do to make their lives better.
I agree. And I guess that's the question is, is how do you do that? Especially with social media. I mean, even today when we ran the live feed with Joe Biden and the comments that come up, it's like, boy, we, we got a long ways to go till we, we settle things down. So I can, all I can do is tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to start calling out fiction. Uh, it, this isn't a question about, you know, conservative versus moderate, liberal, liberal versus Democrat. But I'm going to I mean, we cannot. Facts are facts and they have to continue to work that way. And, I, and you know, and but I watched this. I mean, I watched how the coverage was of the president during the impeachment process. And you know why people from my side of the aisle get very, very frustrated because we need we need to be able to tell people the truth and not continue to spin narratives all the time. Yeah, um, I know that's on both sides. Amen. Congressman, I know you've seen, you know, people saying, hey, the, the, the party's now the, the party of Trump and things like that nature. What, in your opinion, because there's a lot of people calling for even a third party, what, what's the future of the Republican Party? Well, they better recognize the people who uh, Donald Trump really spoke to. And that's and I will say that. And I've said this a couple times a day. Uh, we have never seen a president or an administration in our lifetime spend more time in North Dakota, spend as much time on the issues that are important in North Dakotans. And if my colleagues in the Republican Party think they can walk away from that and think they will be successful, they are wrong. And we need to continue to speak to those same people. Last question, sir, because I, I had someone I was talking to and they brought this up. And I thought, that's an interesting because you and I have talked about big tech as of late. And this person said to me, hey, Chris, this is incredible. You've got the president of the United States who can declare war on any nation right now, but he can't tweet. Your response. Well, I can tell you that I have been one of the biggest and harshest critics of big tech over the last two years, and that fight isn't going away from here. Uh, and this, the, I mean, we, we're doing this interview in the aftermath of what has happened in the last couple of days, and so let's take recognition of that. But that doesn't absolve anybody for what happened in the censoring of the Hunter Biden story, censoring the New York Post, we are not the people that are doing this do not get to determine what is the truth and what isn't the truth and by the way they need to take a deep look in the mirror too because if people can't trust the information they're getting then we're going to continue to see more and more of this spin up but we are going to continue to hold big tech accountable and ensure that they're that they are being held accountable for doing what they're saying they're doing you know if you're going to bill yourself as being essential to the 21st century economy you don't get to just determine what information flows in and out without any consequences. Congressman Kelly Armstrong, again, so glad that you are safe and sound. Thanks for all your great work. We look forward to talking again soon, okay? Thanks, Chris. Thank you, sir. All right, stay with us. we got your points of view coming up. Very easy to share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.